Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We introduced the Holy Spirit to our programmes last week, Colin, and uh, you told us who he was, what his role was. This week, we're going to have a look at his character. What's he really like? Well, the reason why we're going to consider his character is that God has put his spirit within believers in order to reproduce his character, the character of God, in those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Saviour. It's wonderful to think that uh, the secret of living the Christian life is Christ in us. It's not so much a question of trying to reform us and um, uh, looking at our character deficiencies and saying, what can we do about them? But of realizing that God has put another character within us, the character of God, the character of the Holy Spirit. And Paul uses um, an interesting phrase. He, he says, till Christ is formed in you. And I think this gives us a clue as to why God has put his spirit into us, because the spirit wants to form Christ in us, the character of Christ. Now, of course, the character of the Holy Spirit uh, is the same as the characteristics of the Son and of the Father, because the Holy Spirit is God. And I believe our starting point needs to be uh, the very well-known verses in Galatians 5, where Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, these are characteristics of the Holy Spirit that he is going to reproduce in others. And he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, we'll look at each of those in turn in some detail. But let's just talk about them generally for a moment. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When you look at those nine qualities, and they're all qualities of the one same Holy Spirit, when you look at those qualities, you realize, I would like to have all those qualities in my life. I would like to be more loving, um, peaceful, joyful, patient, kind, good, and so on. And you realize, well, it isn't just a question of trying with all my might to be that kind of person, but of realizing that I need to trust in and depend upon the Holy Spirit to recreate this life of God within me. So despite all my weaknesses of personality and character, his character, his life, his personality can shine through my life and indeed through the life of any and every believer who has received this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. So Colin, when a Christian is first filled with the Holy Spirit, is there a little bit of a tussle between the character of the Holy Spirit and, and, and our characters? Well, at first there isn't because the experience of being filled with the Spirit is so wonderful 
that the spirit is able to dominate really um, everything else. You know, we we give way to the Holy Spirit because this is so wonderful to suddenly know God, to know His love, to know His joys, to joy, to sense His peace, to see His power at work in our lives, to see how responsive God is to prayer, to see that we are able to worship with new intensity and with new dimensions of worship. All that is so wonderful, but of course it isn't long before the flesh, before the self-life, sort of kicks back in. And that's when we limit what the Holy Spirit can continue to produce in us. So that produces the conflict. We're not perhaps aware of the conflict right at the very beginning uh, after we've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we soon become aware of the conflict, the conflict between uh, our self-life our natural life, and the life of Christ in us, the life of the Holy Spirit in us, the life of God in us. And of course, the the way to live out your Christian life is to live every day with this sense of submission, of submitting your self-life to God, to the power and influence of the Holy Spirit, so that his character and his life can shine through our lives, despite all of our weaknesses, despite our failures, despite our inadequacies. Still, his life can come through because he has placed that life within us. So for somebody, for example, who's really struggling with a with a ferociously bad temper and or other aspects of their character that they can't come under control, this sounds like good news. Yes, except it's not a question of saying, Lord, give me more patience. Uh, You see, these nine qualities of the Holy Spirit all operate together in our lives. The more submitted somebody is to the life and to the leadership and to the empowering of the Holy Spirit, the more the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and so on will be manifested in that believer's life. So if a person needs more patience, it's not a question really of saying, Lord, give me more patience by your Holy Spirit, but of realizing that that believer needs to submit more to be led by the Holy Spirit, to give way to the life and power of the Holy Spirit, to really rule and reign in that believer's life. And then he or she will be more patient and more loving and more kind and more good and so on. All these nine things go together. And you see, not only are they nine things that we would like to see, nine qualities that we'd like to see for ourselves in our lives, they're nine qualities that everybody else would like to see in us. I mean, all the people who know you would love it if you were more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, kinder, you were more good and faithful and gentle and full of self-control. So they're not only the nine qualities that you would like to see in your life, but they're the nine qualities that others would like to see in your life. And we can go even beyond that. Because it is God who has chosen to give us his spirit, they're the nine qualities that God himself wants to see in our lives, that God himself wants to reproduce in us. So let's start with love then. Well, this is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe if a person is full of the Holy Spirit, has an experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh, really the first thing that he is going to notice in his life 
uh, is that he is more loving. Uh, he is going to be aware more of God's love for him because we can only love because he's first loved us. He's going to be filled with a greater love for God, for Jesus, uh, a greater love for the Holy Spirit. He may not even have known or understood the Holy Spirit in a real way beforehand, but now there is a, a real desire for the Holy Spirit to have the kind of freedom in his life that he needs in order to bring about the changes and transformation, the character changes that need to take place in him. And this love is not only going to be manifested in a greater love for God, but in a greater love for others. Uh, the person newly filled with the Spirit is going to discover that he is able to love in situations where before he always felt totally incapable and in inadequate in his ability to love. Um, whereas before he might have avoided certain peoples or kinds of people, now he is finds himself really reaching out to those people, having a compassion, having a love, having a concern for them. And, and I, I think a lot of people, when uh, these things first begin to hit home in their hearts, uh, they can hardly believe it themselves. You know, they, they, they're sort of saying to themselves, is this really me? I mean, where has this love come from? I have never known such love as this. And of course, this is not just their own human resources of love, but this is the supernatural love of God that is now invading their lives. So you've seen people who've once had a real problem getting along with perhaps people in their own families have a real turnaround in their attitude. Oh, many, many, many times. I mean, this is what the Christian life is all about, seeing that transformation of life. And because people then are so different, of course, they have an entirely different uh, effect and impact upon the other people around them in their home, in their neighborhood, in their church, if they're already churchgoers, uh, at business, at work, and so on. Um, because of the increase of love, compassion, care, concern that they feel for people, uh, their relationships change, their relationships become enriched. And of course, when that happens, uh, people are much more inclined to listen to what they have to say about Jesus, about their faith, about their life in him. Uh, if you look at a person's life and you see something that is totally contradictory to what it is they're telling you about God, then you're not really going to be encouraged to believe in the validity of what they're saying. But if you see the life of which they speak actually being evidenced in their lives, then it's very difficult to gainsay that. Um, you know, I think most non-believers say, ah, now you explain this to me. Now I can understand why I see what I see in you. He, he, he would have realized that, that uh, there were very different qualities and not really perhaps been able to, to say why or what the cause of those differences is. But now, uh, you know, uh, the, the love is, is released so much more freely in a person's life, then this revelation begins to dawn on other people too, that Jesus Christ is real. And the, the greatest evidence of his reality is to see the way that he changes and transforms the people around me in whom he lives. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 